1: It's a short week. The Bengals play the Dolphins, well, very soon. We've got injury updates, and we're going to focus on DJ Reader before we take our first look at the Bengals Week 4 opponent. You are Locked On Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast. I'm your host, Jake Lisko. He's your host, James Rapine. We're part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, bringing you coverage of your Cincinnati Bengals every day, free and available everywhere you get your podcasts and on YouTube. Today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs will help you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash NFL. James, let's dive into injury updates and really the most notable and only significant injury that we need to spend a lot of time on here is DJ Reader. We got a little bit of information about his injury on Tuesday from various sources. Looks like he is destined for the injured reserve, but not as bad as it could have been. We'll talk about that injury and what it means for this team. Will they make a move? How will they overcome the injury? But before we do that, really quickly, just to run through some of the other notable injuries on the injury report on Tuesday, Taron Armstead for the Dolphins not practicing, similar to L. Collins for the Cincinnati Bengals not practicing. Both of those guys, I would say, expect them to play until they're inactive. For the Bengals, Drew Sample, obviously not practicing either. A little bit surprised he's not gone to injured reserve yet.
0: I think, I think it's more so they don't have someone to, to fill his spot. Like they, They're fine roster-wise. It's just going to be an inactive guy anyways. Might as well get through this stretch mm-hmm. versus just sign someone to sign someone to the 53. So I, I, I just don't think that they have a guy, and his replacement was on the roster from a tight end standpoint. It's not like they needed Sorry. to go out and get another tight end. So I think they're just kind of like, okay, we'll, we'll keep him here in, in, until – Odds are it's a season ender, you know, and, and so it's not like they're worried about a four-week window with him.
1: Yeah, and we'll see if there's a move this week, potentially with them needing to maybe add players to the roster on a short week that could incentivize them to get things going. The other notable names here, and I, I don't think there's anybody that's truly questionable. We'll see, but Tuatonga tunga was listed as limited in the estimation of the practice Mm -hmm. report issued by the Miami Dolphins. I would expect him to play again until he's inactive. Jalen Waddle listed as limited, again, would expect him to play. Uh, Javon Holland upgraded to full. Xavier Howard listed as limited for the Dolphins. I I don't have any major doubts that these guys are going to play, but it it is worth noting that the Dolphins are banged up and they Mm -hmm. just went through a a pretty brutal game and really high temperatures down in Miami. And so it's worth monitoring what happens there. But the big focus is DJ Reader here. He will not be playing this week, according to Mike Garofalo. At least six weeks is what he's heard. More than a month. He heard six Mm -hmm. weeks. You Google recovery time for an MCL sprain. I'm not saying it's an MCL sprain. We don't know. You get about two to six weeks. For NFL players could be something like that Uh, if if that's all it is it is a pretty good indication that it's not an ACL injury which was my initial fear from how he injured that knee just got rolled up on as it happens in the trenches from time to time a, a tackle just rolled into his planted left leg it's a big hit for this Bengals team there's no way around that they will have to overcome it there's been some speculation, James, that they'll go sign a big name to fill that mm-hmm. void, but I just don't see who that guy is that can do what DJ Reader does at even a, a percentage of the level that DJ Reader was doing it. The guys that are available just play different roles.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, let's start with DJ. I was told he was going on injured reserve and that the the the, the month timetable, because Kelsey Conway reported about the the extended time, Garfolo Went with at least four games. And then, so I, and that's when I saw it. And so I sent a few little birdies into the sky and I was told injured reserve. And it was like bye week talk, which lines up with Garofolo's six weeks. Because after the bye, you, you, you have six games between now and the bye, which is insane that we're talking about, including Thursday's game. Mm-hmm. So, Fast forward six weeks, you give him the bye, then maybe he comes back after that. Is it an MCL? I don't know. It depends on how severe it is, right? Like Drew Sample came back and was ready for week one of the season th- despite having an MCL sprain. So th- those vary, and there's a lot of different ends of the spectrum there, so I'm not exactly uh, sure what it was. But, yeah, this is a huge blow. He's their best player on defense. Let's just, let's just call it what it is. He's mm-hmm. their most consistent player. He gets pass rush from a position that isn't supposed to is just a rock in the middle. Week in, week out has been that. And that doesn't mean other guys aren't making huge plays. I'm not knocking Trey Hendrickson or chittle Bayouzi or, and we'll go down the list and probably talk about a lot of those guys, but that sucks. It sucks to not have him. It doesn't mean the defense isn't going to be good. It doesn't mean that things, you know, they can't, do things differently, because that's what they're going to have to do, by the way. You're not replacing DJ Reader with Indama Kingsu Reader's a better player, and I know that's a big name going around. Um, there, there were some other guys, too, that people tweeted me. I think Reader's replacement, much like Drew Sample's replacement, is on the roster. Mm-hmm. Remember during cutdown day, Jake, when we were like, man, the Bengals got better today. They added three guys, and they got better. And I'm not saying that Jay Tufele is going to replace DJ Reader, but I think that's what they do. I think that this is going to be, all right, well, we paid BJ Hill for a reason. We like Josh Tupo. We're going to activate Jay Tufele, who's been inactive, and, and, and we're going to roll with that. And some of these young guys that were rotating in and out anyways, they're going to get more snaps, and that's going to be it. I I you know I, Will Tyler Shelvin get the nod? I, I don't know. Maybe. But I I think he moves into the J2 role where if he gets to the active roster or if he gets to the 53 man roster, he's an active anyways. And I think to is going to be the guy that, that starts to get some reps on the interior.
1: That'll be the next guy up. I wouldn't be shocked if they made a move. I would be more surprised if they made a move to bring in somebody who they want to replace DJ reader snaps that they want to bring in somebody to start. I don't think that guy is out there. I think that they're going to feel more comfortable with their own guys. And honestly, the answer to, to mitigate the loss of DJ Reader as much as you can is do more of what you did against the Jets and get out to 14 to 6, 14 to 3, 20 to 6 leads, whatever it is, 21 mm. to 6 leads. Make them score throw a lot it. of points early and, and get them out of the running game. Right. Because some some next gen stats here on DJ Reader one, they're gonna miss his pass rush. Even even when the other team is passing the ball. DJ Reader leading interior defensive lineman in uh, Pass and pressure rate, according to next gen stats this year 15.6% ahead of Kenny Clark, Jeffrey Simmons, and obviously Aaron Donald would, I assume, be on this list. He doesn't even show up in the top five here. But, but run defense, obviously, Reader's forte. If you follow, you know, me, Joe Goodberry, Mike Sands on Twitter or over at uh, allbengals.com, you'll see highlights of DJ Reader and run defense and him doing superhuman, inhuman things. And, and, You know, Lou Anarimo giving him similar praise. The next-gen stat here is when Reader's on the field, the Bengals' defense in the last two years is giving up four yards per carry. When he's off the field, 4.6 yards per carry. The stuff rate for the defense when Reader's on the field at 21.5% goes down to 12.5% when he's off the field. Defensive success rate drops 8% against the run when Reader's off the field. And this is just a nose tackle just a nose tackle, I put in quotes. This is a guy that is supposed to play a position that around the NFL has been understood to be generally less valuable, but DJ Reader allows Lou Anarumo so much flexibility to go lighter in the box. You've seen them matching 12 personnel. That's two tight ends on the field with Nickel putting an extra defensive back on the field. And part of that is because they have DJ Reader playing nose tackle and playing from the A-gap all the way out to the sideline at times and two gapping and doing all these superhuman things. So it is a big loss. There is no way around that. There are ways to mitigate it, of course, from a personnel perspective and from a a game script perspective, but they're going to need somebody to step up. If it's BJ Hill, if it's JT fail, if it's Josh Chupo, if it's these other guys kicking inside like Cam Sample and Joseph Osai, I mean, they're playing different roles, obviously, but the Bengals will have to overcome the loss of DJ reader and it'll take a team effort. Coming up next, James, let's dive in to the Miami Dolphins, the Bengals, week four opponent. Get a quick first look here as the Bengals will be taking on a 3-0 team, the last undefeated team in the AFC.
0: As you gear up for fall, you need the right people on your team to help your small business fire on all cylinders. And LinkedIn Jobs is here to make it easier to find the people you want to talk to faster and for free. LinkedIn Jobs allows you to create a free job post in minutes. And not only are you going to reach your network, you're going to reach the world's largest professional network of over 810 million people. They have simple tools like screening questions that make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience that you can quickly prioritize. So you can pick who you want to hire or pick who you want to interview and then make that hire quickly. LinkedIn Jobs Helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Every week, nearly 40 million job seekers vis- visit LinkedIn. So post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNFL. That's LinkedIn.com slash NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply.
1: This is David Harrison of the Locked On Commanders podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Discover. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. James, let's uh, talk Miami Dolphins. This game, the Bengals again, with money coming in, on the Bengals throughout this week are going to end up as of now, looks like heavy favorites again for the fourth time this season against the only three and O team, the only undefeated team mm-hmm. in the AFC, which where were they in the, in the lockdown power rankings today? Top five. I mean, I, I didn't put the dolphins that high to be clear, but our, our co-hosts think highly of the Miami dolphins. What do you mean? I put them one. No, you didn't. I put them one. No, you didn't. They beat they beat the
0: the Super Bowl fifty seven champion Buffalo Bills, dude. Buffalo was supposed to go twenty and zero. You didn't hear? You didn't get that preseason memo? Mm, yeah, the Bills were going undefeated. Mm-hmm. And Tua said, not only are the Bills not going undefeated, but I might be the best quarterback in the twenty twenty. Jo- All right, have you caught have you caught the humor yet? No, keep going. Um, oh, I, Wait, I, mean, I wasn't. I I could keep going all day. Jalen Waddle <laughs> actually sent Jamar Chase a memo and said, no, I'm, I'm actually the best receiver in the 2021 draft. Um, Tyreek Hill sent Eli Apple a, me- uh, a memo that says,
1: yeah, I owe you. This is perfect. Now, we, now we've crush. played I'm- two lies and a truth. That's right. It's, it's, That's almost, right. it's almost the game. That two, one actually did happen. Truth. I mean, if you're living under a rock, maybe you haven't heard. I feel like yeah. everybody's talked about it at this point. Tyreek Hill yeah. telling Eli Apple right after his victory – over the Buffalo Bills, in which he was hardly uh, on the stat sheet, by the way, was Tyree Kill, that uh, he owed Eli Apple. And again, Tyree Kill hardly on the stat sheet the last time these teams played, and probably going to get a heavy dose of Genovi Abouzier. So there is that Uh, detail, I guess.
0: Yeah, real quick, um, the last thing on Reader, I I would say this, that this is one of those weeks where – they should be passing a lot, and you do miss his pass rush. But I, I don't. It's not like you're playing Derrick Henry in the Titans, right? So if if you weren't yeah. going to have him, for a week, I wish it was just a week. I wish yeah. you could get him back week five against Baltimore. You say DJ, we'll we'll patch you up and get you back to one hundred percent. You take Thursday off. That's a, unfortunately not the case. But I, I do think that that th- this loss, it is still a loss, of course, but it isn't as bad considering the opponent this week.
1: Yeah. It'd be nice to have him for the Ravens. It'd be nice to have him for the Browns a few weeks later. Oh, like if it, if it oh. was just four weeks, if they get him on IR today and he somehow is good in four weeks, that would be first game back against the Browns. But you don't want to rush him back. Obviously, this is this is a long-term investment for the Bengals. And he was having an all-pro year. So, so good shout there about the opponents they have coming up. The others aren't as scary. The running games aren't as scary. But, you know, even the Jets. I would say we're able to expose the Bengals to some degree in the, in the running game when DJ Reader is off the field. But looking ahead, instead of looking back, no DJ Reader, but potentially with one of the more efficient offenses in the NFL in Miami and another defensive matchup that I think favors the Bengals in some ways. What do you think? Do we Do we have a shootout on our hands on Thursday Night Football? I mean, on paper, it looks like that, I would say. But Thursday Night Football has a way of making things like shootouts or defensive struggles just go entirely in the other direction. But he, the, the reason I say that is that Miami is another team, like the Jets, that should be giving Joe Burrow and this offense a heavy dose of single high shells and a heavy dose, if anything, if it's anything like last week, they blitzed Josh Allen like 21 times. Mm-hmm. And, and so those are opportunities if they choose to remain that aggressive on defense. Good luck. If you blitz Joe,
0: I mean, good luck. I mean, I I like I like the chances of the Bengals getting open and, and pushing the ball downfield and being that offense. And they're going to have to be that offense. Look, I didn't expect them to completely turn things around week three. They didn't, and it's only four days later, and it's a lot to to ask. But listening to Burrow on Tuesday and listening to this team and the vibe in the locker room and stuff, it's they never lost their swagger, but you. Like T said last week, you got to go out there and do it. And they went out there and did it and got a win. And so now I think that they're like, yeah, we're the defending AFC champions. Why wouldn't we be favored against the 3-0 Dolphins? Why, why wouldn't we? Of course we should be. You know, uh, Of course it's going to be hard to guard Tyreek Hill and, and do that. But I, I agree with you. I, I think the only reason this wouldn't be a shootout is because it's Thursday night football. Like if this was played at Sunday at 1, hit the over hard, I think it was 47 at last I checked. Is that and, it? And a, All
1: right. And
0: it, but a lot of games have gone under. It, it's a, yeah. an historic amount of, have gone under, and offenses like scoring across the league is down. And that's certainly something to, to pay attention to. But I just, I, yeah, I think that this, the only way it, it, like, would you'd hit the under is if one of the teams just completely, like, you know, like if the Bengals couldn't block for whatever reason and bros just getting hit or Tua just falls apart, which is possible. Mm-hmm. I, other than that, these offenses are too good. I mean, you're talking about the, the Dolphins' weapons are insane. We like Jalen Waddle a ton coming out. It wasn't like we didn't, you know, love his game. We know what Tyreek Hill brings. Mike Kosicki is a, is a nice compliment, even though he hasn't gotten going much so far this year. I like their offense and, and I, I like Mike McDaniel. So, yeah, this Bengals offense 30 is, uh, is probably the minimum. And the Dolphins are averaging about 27, and they scored 21 the other day. So 30 is probably the minimum on Thursday night.
1: And I feel like the last time the Bengals saw Raheem Mostert, he went crazy. I mean, there's so He's much fast speed. Too. There's fast. so much speed. Jalen Waddell, Tyreek Hill, Raheem Mostert. I mean, just speed for days in this Miami offense. They have to be ready for that. And the Bengals team defense, I wouldn't say they have. Elite speed in their defense, but it's good. And and they've dealt with speed before. They've dealt with Tyreek Hill and the Chiefs offense before. I'm sure that there are some lessons they can take away. And honestly, I I know Tua is having a nice start to the year. We'll see about Tua, right? Maybe he gets it going again because, and this is the thing about losing DJ Reader this week. We'll see if they, they give Joseph Osai opportunities opposite. Trey Hendrickson this week, but Hendrickson on Armstead is strength on strength. Karen Armstead is, is good and he might be hurt, but he's good. And, and Hendrickson hasn't gotten it going consistently this year. Hopefully last week was the spark. He needed to keep it going. But while Miami's offensive line, Greg Little at right tackle, for example, Liam Eichenberg at left guard, Connor Williams moving to center. Like there are some, some rough spots there. Mm-hmm. But but can the Bengals take advantage of those when their best pass rusher is going up against the only good, like bona fide good offensive lineman for Miami? Is- I think that'll be really interesting to watch and, and see if the Bengals can figure out, you know, can, can Sample run it back? Can, can they get another good performance from B.J. Hill and, and Joseph Osai and, and get some pressure to Tua?
0: Yeah, you got to find a way. Got to find a way to make him uncomfortable and force him into some mistakes. I totally yep. agree with you. Uh, one thing that that Cheeto said, you're talking about the team speed. On Tuesday, he said, "You've got to have it to defend it," and I love the line. It's so <laughs> subtle. Uh huh. It's so subtle, but he's like, "Mother, you think I'm slow?"
1: <laughs> well, it's it's a team thing, though, right? Like Cheeto's not slow. No. It, 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 no, and he said
0: you've got to have it to defend it. And obviously, great technique. We have great coaches, you know. And it, he was like, "We're trying to give the crowd a show. That they're coming after a win. We're coming after a win. All, all of those things." But mm-hmm. Cheeto's like, "Those dudes ain't running past me. Like that's how he like. Which, which honestly, is how he should feel. Like, he should feel that way because you know Xavier Howard's thinking the same thing about Chase and thinking the same thing about T Higgins." The, 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 and I know they win different ways than you know the two speedster track stars in Miami, but you—that's mm-hmm. the part of it that's that's fun—is is I I think that there was a little swagger to the locker room on Tuesday, good swagger, not overly cocky because they got a win over the Jets, but it's like oh yeah, th- this is who we are. We're gonna go out and show it.
1: Some other things that we can talk about in this game, James, besides the Bengals team speed on defense. Let's let's talk offensive line a little bit. I know you wanted to avoid this topic this year as you roll your eyes a little bit that we're still talking about it. And well, we have to talk about it
0: because they have they forced us to talk about it, yeah. For better or worse.
1: Joe Burrow praising his interior offensive line, both in his press conference on Tuesday and his appearance on the Colin Coward podcast specifically calling out the offense the the interior I, i don't think he excluded lyle collins or jonah williams on purpose he was generally lauding the entire offensive line saying they played really well collins still not practicing still dealing with that back still playing more or less the same way he's played throughout this season jonah williams needs to be better I I mean, both of these guys are playing the worst stretch of professional football that I think they've played in their careers to start the season. And they've been tested. There have been some good pass rushers, but the Jets defensive line, while it's good, aren't the world beaters they faced in the first two weeks. And and I see this defensive line for the Dolphins is somewhat similar. Melvin Ingram still can win off the edge. He's going to be a handful for someone. Christian Wilkins can still win inside. Yep. And their second-year player Jalen Phillips. Well, we'll see that that one shouldn't be as challenging on paper. Anyway, I don't know what we'll actually get uh, on the field, but should be a manageable matchup for the offensive line again. Which which then leaves guys like Xavier Howard and Nick Needham and uh, Javon Holland, the second-year safety. He's been really good for mm-hmm. the Dolphins. As the guys that Joe Burrow and these weapons have to deal with. But protecting Burrow, you know, we still need to see a complete game from the offensive line in that regard. And the run game, man, I mean, it's just got to be better. Period. It's just been such a problem. And when you can't run the ball against these two high shells, it, it just makes your entire offense so much more complicated and challenging to, to get going. Yeah. I, uh,
0: (laughs) I thought run blocking wise, they'd be so much better as of now. And they haven't been, you know, who else I thought would be better. The 12 million dollar a year running back. Yeah. Joe Mixon, I thought was pretty good week one. Like I thought he made something out of nothing. Haven't seen something. And I'm not saying there's a lot there. I'm not because there hasn't been. Yeah. But what is there? He hasn't gotten, and he hasn't gotten it the past two weeks. And so I I just wonder. I wonder, is it the ankle? What is it? Because um, Jay Morrison asked Joe Burrow about Mixon's frustration because Mixon was noticeably, and unfortunately I wasn't at the news conferences on Tuesday, scheduling conflict. I I noticed frustrated Joe Mixon on the sidelines on Sunday. Mm -hmm. And it's like, hmm, okay. And then some AJ P Ryan in late has success, 5.2 a pop. Afterwards, Zach Taylor says it's the ankle. Okay, well, we'll see. Mixon says he's good to go. He's going to play this week. Okay, we'll see. It's just weird. It's odd. I know Joe Mixon's talented. knew it from the moment you saw him. Dude looks different. But he looks different than the Joe we're used to seeing. And I, I he's used to not having good blocking lines and still making something of it. Welcome to the NFL. That's been his NFL life. <laughs> That's how it's been. So I'm curious, and and I wonder why he's he's looking the way he's looked. Because Samaje Piran was, you know, it's not like he's a world beater, but he was. I, do they go on that same run on that final drive with Joe Mixon in at running back? I would say no.
1: the The biggest difference between those two guys was the power that Samaje was running with that we just yes. didn't see. From from Joe Mixon. And it's unusual. It's not like I mean Sommage is a little bit shorter than Mixon. P Ryan's a little bit shorter, but a little stockier.
0: Like not Mixon much, isn't, Mixon Mixon isn't Mixon isn't small. No, he's huge. He's that, huge. That, that's the one thing. Even when he's like been great. It, and not that he doesn't force missed tackles, but I don't think he loves that
1: contact. Like, it's different in the inside the yeah. tackle box, I think, for him. Like running downhill between the tackles, go compare the way Mixon runs through tackle sometimes on the, on the perimeter versus inside. I, I don't know. It, it's been better in the past for sure. Like Mixon has been more elusive in the past. He's never been the most elusive running back. It's something that, you know, we've been talking about since I've been on lockdown Bengals, the, the proclivity for Mixon to sometimes seek out contact in the open field instead of trying to make a guy miss. Uh, but, but, got to make a guy miss at the line of scrimmage in the sometimes. tackle box yes you just so so he has the ability we've seen it before I, I don't think that you know the athleticism is gone or anything no. if, you know when I was talking to Joe yesterday when we were doing our all 22 takeaways it looks like there's maybe a trust issue with you know some of his linemen getting to second level blocks where he's not necessarily trusting that they're going to get to the linebacker at the second level. And maybe he's right about that. Right. And so he's trying to find other avenues where Samajay Piran is just like, I'm just going to go try to get low to the ground and run into somebody and, and try to just get a couple extra yards out of it. And he did. Sure. And he was effective at it.
0: And, and so that's, by the way, that's useful. If the Bengals are averaging five yards a carry, but they never have the explosive run ever. That's fine. You know why? Because if they're averaging five yards a carry, let's go down four and a half yards a carry. That's going to be enough to get the explosive plays elsewhere. Because yep. Joe Mixon, at his best, at his best, it, it, in playing his best ball he's ever played, is still the third most explosive Bengal. Like, It's just what it is. Sorry, there's a Jamar Chase that exists, and T. Higgins is a freak. By the way, I'm going to hammer it home one more time, and I know it's looking back to Sunday and it's a short week. It was a touchdown. It was a touchdown. I don't
1: care about the stupid – it's a touchdown. That's it. it, There's an angle where I think his heels – Okay, so here's what I'll say about it. I'll (laughs) say say this. If it was ruled a touchdown on the field, they're not overturning it. T-
0: they should have rolled it a touchdown i was in the press box and i'm like oh he got both feet in i i could see it from like a thousand so, feet away
1: what what i think a thousand the the reason i think it's a touchdown and and Might some people have talked about feet. this is you, you don't see the the rubber surface get kicked up where his heels would have touched the ground there is an angle where it looks like his i guess right heel gets really close to the ground and so if you're the official looking at that because it was the back judge, I think, that made the call that he was out. And and you see, like, a cleat come, you know, like this, right on top of the turf. And you Mm -hmm. don't know if it actually hit the ground or not. I I can see why you would make the call you made. It's a a difficult spot to be in. But, you know, I I also can see why it wasn't overturned. I I thought the initial angles that we saw on TV were, oh, yeah, his his heels never come down. I think it's a Mm -hmm. touchdown, but...
0: Mm -hmm. Mixon third most explosive. Ben God, is is his peak behind those two guys. Agree or disagree?
1: Like his current peak or his all time peak? Oh, his best at it's his, his best.
0: T, peak. T at his best. Chase at his best. Mixon at his best. I have him third.
1: I think that Mixon at his career best and Higgins is really close. I think Mixon might have a bit of an advantage there because remember, prime Mixon, he would make. The, the reason that he 23? made guys miss, I, I know, but that's old for running backs in the NFL, man. Like legitimately, like that legitimately for running backs. It's old in the NFL legitimately. But, but what I was going to say is you remember when Mixon looks good, it's when he's making defenders angles bad. And that's why he's making guys miss because of that acceleration, because of that burst, the long speed. You know, maybe T has an advantage there, probably does. But when I think about Prime Mixon, I think about him making defenders look dumb because they don't know what angle to take because they don't realize how fast he's going. And mm-hmm. and we're not really seeing that from him right now. So it's maybe easy to forget.
0: I watch, I watch T Higgins, Moss, yeah. Sauce. And Sauce got the best of Chase more than he didn't on Sunday.
1: Which I think... It's like, I think T is just saying is an incredibly strong Ooh. physical wide receiver with, with good speed, like adequate speed. Yeah. I don't mean, I don't mean who wins a track race and he may win. Ex- well, receivers but, are always going to make more explosive plays than running backs. If that's what you mean. I mean, I, I'm thinking I about like how explosive is of an athlete. I saw Saquon
0: Barkley make an explosive play the other day. He has a bad offensive line. <laughs>
1: Uh huh. T. Higgins, I'll say this for him, he got way up for that should have been touchdown. Oh. I mean, that was oh. one, like a, a three and a half, Thirteen. four foot vert. He looked like a monster dunking on Jordan in Space Jam One. He wasn't even alive for it. Like his, he, his hips were higher than the corner's head. He got way oh up. My God, like, dude, I'm well, telling James, you, we we have Kyle Krabs. From Locked On Dolphins joining us tomorrow. We're going to get into a game preview for our crossover episode this week with the game coming up on Thursday and then late on Thursday night. Oh, man. Late on Thursday night, we'll have our post game for you. It'll be ready for you, for your commute to work on Friday morning, maybe on your ride home. Well, I don't Win, know lose, draw. Win, lose, draw. We're here. That We're matter. always here. Every yep. day. Free and available everywhere you get your podcasts and on YouTube. That's going to do it for this episode of the Locked On Bengals podcast. Until tomorrow, when we're going to cross over with Kyle Krabs of Locked On Dolphins, thanks for listening to the Locked On Bengals podcast. Hootay, and have a good one.